Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Noodling with Josh. Welcome back. If this is your first episode that you're ever tuning into, you are in for a treat. You are in for a treat and you don't even know it. If this is your 38th episode, that's, that's directly from me. I'm not even going to stream deck. That's me putting two arms to work and giving you a standing ovation. I appreciate you. 38 episodes in, and man, it's been fun. In fact, if you've listened to probably more than one episode of Noodling with Josh, you've heard the theme song. The Noodling with Josh theme song. Oh, I can't describe to you the feeling I had listening to that the very first time I heard it. My guest today is the composer, is the musician, is the singer, is the arranger, is the editor of that song, the incomparable Tommy Sklut. And folks, he brought his piano. It genuinely feels like I had a personal audience with a Ben Foldsian style musician who uh, wooed me oft regular. With that uh, electric piano. Man. I need aphogy and I need some musical talent back. Tommy, I'm going to start taking lessons from you if you're listening to this. Well, I'm going to get a piano first and see where I'm at. Then I'll bug you for lessons. Oh, shit. I shouldn't put this. I'm not going to edit this out. He's going to hear this. Now I've been held to it. I'm kidding. I... Honestly, don't even want to talk too much about the interview because we go into where we came from, how I got to know Tommy, and we tangent like titans. But we bring it back because while I think I'm a professional entertainer, sometimes this man actually is. Makes his bread and butter from his incredible talent. And man, if you are ever in the Metro Detroit area, you need to find where he's playing and go see him. We riff, we jam, <laughs> we talk about where the theme song came from. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Tommy Sklut and hit that magical theme. Moved out of Michigan, got a job in the city of sin. White collar boy with the beard of joy. Hits record and lets you in Gotta take a drink if you get interrupted Don't forget that onion dip Retweet the show so his feet can stay off the ground Sit back and relax Take the conversation to the max Josh is new then Dean's French onion dip. Dean's French onion dip. Dean's French onion dip. Dean's French onion dip. Can I hear that real quick?
And I mean, if there's one person who I didn't need to tell the rules of this show to, it would be you, uh, Tommy, purely because, well, I mean, I don't expect you to internalize any of everything you've sung, but ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, the composer, the singer, the musician on all of the instruments of the theme song to Newland with Josh, Tommy Sklett. Insert clap track here oh wait you know what i could do i just forgot that i i got my stream deck set up (laughs) oh my goodness look how professional this feels thank you so much for having me like this has been a dream of mine for several years now uh since i realized that you were doing podcasts and uh that you may potentially have me on one day what I wanted so to do, I, and it's it's well, hold on, it's really just been a like a long played out plan because I was like, I really want to be on a podcast one day. I, I don't know anybody who podcasts. Wait, Josh is podcasting, and so I kind of I formulated this plan. At how <laughs> how can I get on Josh's podcast? He doesn't have a theme song. <laughs> I can write him a theme song. Holy sh! Okay. It is no, dude. This is awesome. I love. You went I love from, listening to your podcast. Seriously, <laughs> and yeah, and you went from being on zero to have beening. You've been on thirty-seven episodes of Noodling with Josh, whether you knew it or not. That's, and I was okay, just that's like, a good point, oh. you know, I was like, early. it's been too long. I need to bring the actual man to the show. I had so much fun writing and recording that piece. It's. Tommy, I can't tell you how much just pure joy that brings me. There have been literal times in my life over since 2017 is when this was uploaded, this theme song. There's been many times in my life where I've just been like, I feel like shit right now. And then Spotify, because it's been in my forever favorites, knows when to play it. It has it queued up for me. And it just happens when I don't even need it, like, or when I don't even know that I'm ready for. Oh, I can't tell you how many times it's just brought, and every single part of it, I've meant like mentally memorized. I can't love it enough for it. I I think it's not a bad tune. Like I've written shitty tunes before, and I'm like, yeah, my (laughs) favorite. But this one really, like, it adds a lot of those things that I like about uh, music in, like the chord progression. I like. I liked all the harmonies that kind yep. of just came out of nowhere naturally. <laughs> um, there's some fun wordplay in there. Noodle, it, noodle, noodle. Josh is. I love this. Noodling with Josh. And then, oh, my God. that's And I gave you pretty much the idea of the lyrics of just these are the three rules. And I think that's it. And that's all I said because I was like, I don't really have any lyric ideas. You're the master. This is your realm. We but, had like one good conversation about, oh, I'm in Vegas now. I'm w- working for Zappos, oh. uh, you know, and I think that's uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> you eat a Dean's French onion dip yourself. Yeah. Well, I w- and I was going to say about the Dean's French onion dip. I was hesitant to say the name, the proper mm-hmm. name, because like, what if they hear this and they don't like it? And they're like, dude, you got to take that down. Right? I, then I got to go back and re-record it. But I was like, okay, we'll keep it in. I have... Every single time that I've posted about the show and I've hesitantly tagged them, it's purely because of that. If they find it organically, somebody tells them about it and then it gets to them and they're like, wait a minute, fine. But I'm not going to at them directly unless it's real. I mean, 
I might have talking about him now. I might have to yeah. I might have to tease specifically for this one. So like, what's your tell? Yeah, I think you should re replay why Dean's is so important to you. Like you've as seen condiment oh. slash snack dip. It I mean, I know was... you talked about it in previous episodes, but sometimes you got to bring the new people back up to speed. No, absolutely. I take every single one of these interviews like they're going to be the only one somebody's going to hear because it's about you. It's a show about you that you're going to share to your friends. So I'm just the host and an inevitable breakdown of what is and who is Tommy Squid. Well, then I have to apologize but... for the six views this episode is going to get. It's going to be my wife and my three kids will listen to it once and then maybe my mom. I'm going to... I'm gonna sneak it in an email to our uh, our, our <laughs> high school alma alma mater and be like, "Hey, look what these uh, graduates have been up to. You should <laughs> share this." Brilliant! Oh Brilliant. boy, I um Dean's French onion dip was one of those treats that my mom got whenever she was throwing a party, and that was the only time that we got it when we were having a ton of people over because it was the number one dip. And like, I got to tell you, I, I need to have my mom. She's going to have, I'm going to have to have my mom on this show so she can defend herself. Cause I'm speaking about her, not her interest in here, but she, uh, <laughs> I put this nicely. We can edit in a really, check really likes cleaning ahead of having company over. Of course. Like if you show up at her house, like she would hate, living in the Seinfeld or Friends universe where people just walk in your front door. It's got to be immaculately cleaned and perfect. So we would have to be doing the cleaning before a big party. And it was like the dessert. It was like the treat for doing a whole, you know, two days deep clean of everything. And we would end up eating most of that dip before people even got there. She's got to get two cases, one for you. Of course, we would make our own type, the cucumber dip that was like, we put this out for everybody, but this is ours. And it just, it's really stuck in there. Yeah. And and also I wanted a, a safe word long enough that people had to really mean it. So kind of two stuck together. That's really the origin of that story. Because they could be like Dean's. Oh, no, I'll answer yeah, that question. Yeah. And then if you just say Dean, like, yeah, I have friends who are named Dean. Dean's French. I have French friends who are Dean. Maybe they have an onion recipe, so I can't take it. But if they say dip, then all right, I'll cut. That's the only editing I'll do on this show. So I étudié français à l'école université de Detroit Jésuit. Okay, all right. Did you, For the did you, did you study French in high school? Four years UB? with uh, four years with Professor Young. Oh, he taught French back then, huh? Really, he taught French too? No, no, no I took Latin. No. I took four years oh, of Latin. Latin. Yeah, never mind. He was French. You had okay, young. Oh, Latin I love Feeney. Sure. Oh, I love Feeney. He was the nicest, most like dedicated professor. Who would just brilliant, get angry brilliant. when it didn't click? You just like you would get angry if it didn't click, and it was like, okay, help me, come on, we're almost there. Um, speaking of, and this is the one. So, what we have in common, and we'll get to this in a second, is our alma mater, University of Detroit Jesuit High School. For those who don't speak French, <laughs> and listening to this episode, uh, and I have to say, Professor Young was one of those teachers where I didn't realize exactly how cool my high school was. You know what I mean, and how cool like and how many like insanely brilliant people were there yeah. until it was like sophomore junior year and i sat down with professor young and i was like hey would you do over the week or would you do over summer break and he goes oh i just got back from the vatican i'm under nda so i can't talk about what we were doing but i was just translating old you know <laughs> bc texts and we're just like the fuck what 
And like, there was just one of those moments where then every single teacher, I had like a little mini, like, what did you do over the summer? Like there, we had some really weird slash cool teachers that like kept their weirdness to themselves, I guess. I don't know how better to put that. I can see them wanting to, you know, be as pro- professorial, scholarly, mm-hmm. PC, you know, button up the tie real tight, you know. Yeah. It's like they take it seriously over there, you know. Getting a and, job and sticking around at a place like that is uh it can be difficult. Um, yeah. and I think um a buddy and I were talking about this and he said, I don't know if I would actually want to teach there because I don't know if I want that like curtain yeah. to be pulled back and you see some of the, let's not say ugliness, but like less pretty sides of um, any organization, really, whether it's a school or a company or, you know what I mean? You, you can see how the sausage is made. You're kind of a little ruined. I always say that to any like musician or artist. They're just like, I'll show you how to do this. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Don't ruin the magic. Just, just do it for me. <laughs> just, I, oh, this is incredible. Like, when two days, like genuinely, I felt like two days later, you came back with the perfect theme song. I was like, I don't know how that happened. We had a conversation and art happened. Like, God, that's cool. And I, yeah. that's coming back to all, going all the way back to being surrounded by incredible people in high school. You, my friend, were one of my first and like probably best role model during my time there. I was two years behind you, and this is going into how we met. I was two years behind you, and we had in common the show choir, the show slash choral choir that had the uh, incomparable Mrs. Stempen uh, as our kind of director. Was she there when you? Did she? Was she there oh, before yeah. me? Yeah, correct. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she was there years before I even started in seventh and eighth grade. So. Oh wow. Okay, so you started at U of D in seventh grade. Yeah, I was a six-year man, as they call them. Okay, where were you? Where were you before that? Uh, Shrine K through five. Then we moved to Farmington Hills, and I went to Saint Fabian for a year. Okay. And Our Lady of Sorrows stopped taking Fabian kids because their their uh, kids their capacity had only grown so had grown so much they couldn't yeah. take outside kids. They're oh like, wow! That was the closest school to me. So my mom and dad were like, "Well, I guess U of D is a good choice." It's back, yeah. And then, I mean, the... I'm glad they did. Though <laughs> it was, it was very formative. It was. It uh, so it's a Jesuit high school and academy, and I've told, yeah, oh yeah, all boys school. That was as someone who later in life figured out that like bi pan whatever I'm queer, it's in there. I gotta say, everyone comes back to like, oh, an all boys high school. It's like. You know, weirdly, none of that was like, it was like so hard, yet so fun being in school. There wasn't anything to distract me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know why that was as someone, you know, who ended up going to an all boys high school. I always get those like ribbed, like, oh, you must have loved that. And it's like, I guess I didn't take advantage of it. But no, it just, I don't know. Or, or I mean, you're you're worried about getting all your homework done for like yeah. six, eight classes a day you have, and then you do it like you and I were both doing extracurriculars, whether it was the play or I can't. The, you weren't the in band, play. were you? No, I well, I wasn't band for a while. I played alto sax, okay. and I was in the musical, and I was in track, yeah. and it was like there's always something going that on. shit. Yeah, 
and every that's... single one of my high school relationships was like two weeks maybe and then i was like sorry i got you to do like i just genuinely can't hang out Which just, maybe was a good I, thing i dated the same girl pretty much like sophomore year through freshman year of college okay I, I, yeah i was more of like a if a girl liked me i was gonna try to keep it working you know <laughs> I yeah I I mean when I look <laughs> when someone looks at me and says like oh you have an old soul just like no 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 I've just reinvented myself a thousand times because I've figured out what parts of me don't work and like what I yeah. do and don't like and I feel like I got to live four different lives being at university at that specific high school I got to do one that was like this is my education life I got to have an extracurricular like it was known as like white lightning and shit on track so I was this fast short little white kid and a school with these like giant, huge line. Like we had so many people go from our high school to the NFL. And then I would just run with them. So it's this tiny little white guy. And then I had a one life as like on stage. So I feel like I got to do like three different lifestyles at the same time in that high school. And you do you gotta wear a different hat or else like you have to compartmentalize all those things because there's no room yeah. to try and like bring another one into that or one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I I only bring that up because I've heard from other, you know, high school experiences that like maybe that's a private school specific thing versus public where you kind of have a little bit more time and like you're closer, like because you're living by those people versus somewhere where like, I don't know about you, but I had to commute 45 minutes to high school every day. Yeah, and I think you're coming from that same area where like, did that make you appreciate it or hate it more? Well, I mean, dude, you're even 25 minutes further west than mm-hmm. I was. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't know. I was always uh, social and out, like type A, outgoing, wanting yeah. to be. I I want to be in a leadership role. Somebody give me the chance, you know. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I guess I'm wondering what the main question was again. Apologies. No, it's okay. We're uh, honestly, these are all things that I wish that I was asking people when I, I wish I had figured out podcasts. 20 years ago at this point because this is so fucking fun to have conversations and i feel like ours are starting in high school because that's the core of our friendship or where it started do you but get some like, catharsis talking yes. about high school and stuff oh my so god totally yeah, so do I. and only with people who understand went to the same school does it like totally go over the ledge of catharsis i have shared experiences with people but only like you of the jesuit cups there's some stuff that i feel like that's yeah that private school era which hey really quick by the way shout out sam robinson if you're hearing this for any reason because we're talking about cubs and i'll lean into that on the hashtags too uh you're incredible you should be on this show and hang out with tommy and i and talk about all things u of d and growing up in detroit that would be fantastic to get sam robertson from uh veep Oh, and, uh, Detroiters. Oh, Det- detroiters i think you should leave sam <laughs> oh i think you should leave even even better than Detroiters, I think. So good. Detroiters was awesome, but I think you should leave was just brilliant. Detroit. And, oh, oh uh, did you see his, his new air conditioner commercial? Yes. Blue suit. Yeah, he is literally like. So he was a senior when I was a freshman. He was one year ahead of you, and I just like two years ahead of you. Okay, two years ahead of you. Oh, okay. So there, we only had a year between us. I'm oh four. You were oh five or oh six. Oh six. Okay, two years. Yeah. But it was just like oh, okay, so maybe maybe Sam did graduate in two. He graduated in O two. You would have been a freshman, right? Yeah, I think I was a freshman when yeah. But that was like watching someone because 
there's a ton of other people who've also gone into like NFL and football and, and arenas that like, of course are really public and I love, but like, I don't want to be a football player. I'd love to be on TV. Like he is. So I'm just like, this is incredible. Like, oh my God. It's, it's that's another like role model. Like you absolutely same Robinson, like watching these people become like artists well, has been inspirational. Why, please. Why was I a role? model to you I, I don't think you ever got to that part actually and i'm kind of interested in knowing why <laughs> you actually no you this is this is all about you let's bring it back to you whenever you need to this uh you actually touched on it a little bit you were probably the first slash best extrovert that i met at that formative point of my point in my life someone who like i was coming from a elementary school where i had gone to school with the same people from first through eighth grade and at some point, probably around sixth grade, when my parents got divorced, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be gone in two years. Like, I'm coasting. I'm not going to make new friends. I'm just going to, like, do my time and get out. It kind of, you know what I mean? Like, that that's where it was. I don't really have friends from elementary school. I have a handful of them. And I kind of, it even got to the point where I'd be, like, teased for stuff that people had heard many years ago. I'm just like, fine. Yes, that. That's it. I'll lean into it. So I was, like, really... I guess I didn't have a good outlet for it because I had the same audience. And as soon as I got to high school, I had met all new people and really figured out where I wanted to at least try to fit in. You were already there in the sense of you were doing the show choir and we were actually both baritones and you had an incredible voice and you could literally talk paint off a wall. I, we would go do any of like the choir things where we'd go in public and you'd be like the face, the voice. The and it was always like, awesome. All right. I got to watch this guy. Like this is definitely the lead in personality growth. If that helps. Oh, dude. Thank you. That, okay. that makes sense. I've only embraced <laughs> that more as I've gotten older and, and like having <clears throat> spent a lot of time uh, as that person in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, not necessarily like the lead man in a musical. Like I've never gotten the lead, you know. But yeah. I'm always, I'll, I'll give the intro to always the song on stage. That we're gonna sing and like, yeah, I'm yeah. always on stage. That's yeah. Even even if I'm teaching elementary kids, it's like that classroom is a stage to me. So I say extrovert because you said it, but I want to clarify because it's where I get kind of specific about this definition and. It means two things <laughs> in the sense of extrovert is someone who is like excited and really good at being the face, but it's because the definition of an extrovert is somebody who recharges being around other people. If you think of your energy as a battery, like what fills it up, it's being on stage, it's being around people, it's performing that, it, you know, adds to your battery. Where an introvert, at the end of the day, their battery is wiped, they go home to refill it. So I feel like does that track the same with you an extrovert like you you get energy off of other people yeah. and it feeds yeah. yours and that makes everyone else's bigger and it makes yours bigger in return like that's I, a true extrovert i mean i hope so i hope that yeah. i do give that energy back because you do how about this i'm telling I'm you being... that you do <laughs> okay well thank you thank of course <laughs> um i think earlier in my life and like performance career yeah. i would say oh definitely i i need to be performing i need to be in front of people and i need to feel that love and like i can't have an off night it's got to be 110 percent every yeah. night you're never going to see me at anything less you know five four or five nights a week sometimes more that is like 15 years deep side that of, is you know, that makes me tired <laughs> that's too much crowd every night that's oh, yeah, amazing it's so 
Oh, okay, okay. I believe that I'm still hey, sorry. And you're sorry, Tommy. I I, I hate to cut you off. Um, I got no, let's, dis... let's back up two steps. I'm screen sharing, so uh, I had a Discord notification interrupt, and then wait, you had an interruption. I had an interruption, and then the oh, Wi-Fi man. dropped. So oh, I am um, as you know, interruption. One was the Discord, and then one was the Wi-Fi. They're both tied together, so we have to do a double. So I am trying to polish off this bottle of Casamigos tequila, that George Clooney exclusive. What are you? uh, What are you getting into? I've got a Russell's Russell's Reserve uh, bourbon, I think, or it's a whiskey. One or the other. That sounds well. Cheers, my friend. Kentucky bourbon, ten years aged. It's really Mm. good. Cheers. (laughs) <laughs> every time i'm just i think i'm gonna get used to it oh is it is is george clooney's tequila good it's oh it's very very good it's very good if i had that on ice and it had been sitting there for a minute <laughs> <laughs> ripping it Ripping it hard from the bottle, I might need to reconsider what have, I do. We should have been using the piano more for like, like. <laughs> How often do you bring in music to like narrate your life like that? Is that like you're on a Zoom call and you're just like, hmm, no, I usually don't here. have the piano set up in <sighs> the shed. I'm recording this in my like man cave out back, and I've got a little desk set up, and I smoke cigars and drink some whiskey and have a beer and uh, try to get some extra work done. Or most of the time it's just watching whatever's in my Netflix queue. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's the definition of a cave. I, I did hook up this piano for tonight, just in case Josh wanted to hear anything. Uh, I figured I'd give you at least one song request oh. and then you get like a Tommy exclusive. A song oh really my like God. Are you kidding? This is incredible. Podcast. All right. Can I just say one of my absolute favorite songs in the world is just, just think about it. You don't have to answer now, but if you no, do, no. I'm okay with that. I want to, I, I just want to put this in your head a, a teeny tiny bit because in the pre-show, we talked about potentially recording a season two theme song. Okay. Not right I... now. Not right now. Well, but I would love to do that. It. Yes. And I thought about some lyrics uh, and I was uh. like, man, if I could come up with something for the podcast and I had about an hour bef- before between putting the yeah, young yeah. kid to bed and the two <laughs> old, older kids to bed that I really put some mental effort behind this. And I, I have a couple of ideas, oh, but wow. I, I don't want to just pick one. I want to kind of sit on it a little bit and let yeah. it simmer. Yeah. Oh, please. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So there will be a theme uh, season two change to the theme song when that will happen i'm i'm hopefully hopefully it will be before season two ends you know and i'd love to talk because i've been being fast and loose with this season two do you think that's smart should i just keep going with like the because i'm doing season two but i'm also counting it as like this is episode 38 so season two no this is episode 38 in general of noodling Season one was back in 2017 when I had a group of about 30 interviews and it's been some time since. Yeah. So it's, is season two the right way to say it or should it just be like, 
because I love the theme song so much. Even just the lyrics updating, like instead of moving from Michigan to the city of sin, like exactly. I guess Hollywood is that pretty much my... city of sin. That's, city that's of not that far. That's city of... I thought it was city of stars. <laughs> uh, anyways, I love. <sighs> I I think there's no wrong way to do it in the podcasting world, Josh. Honestly. I it was. It was like, it felt to me when you, we had a conversation, you disappeared and came back with what looked like lightning in a bottle. And I was like, how the fuck did that happen? You are insane. So Tommy, let's go back to you a little bit. I want to talk about what happened Absolutely. when you left U of D Jesuit and became the, the musician maestro you are today. I, I, I want to know, because we have other music musical friends that I've also got to watch and it's I I'm not gonna well I'm not gonna I'll just I'll just say Joe B, our friend on the organ. Oh, is another musician that I've watched take a whole another life career path, which it's been since those high school are, since we chanted. Those... I would love to get him on the show. Okay, so I'll tell you, he'd be a fantastic interview. He has so um, many crazy stories, but yeah, dude... continue. Oh yeah, and and incredibly intelligent, and like I can't believe how his mind works in the order to read organ music like he can. You know, I I'm a pretty proficient reader of music in general, and he's yeah. just at another level. Any organ players are honestly. So let uh, me so really really fast because I, for the our choir, the show choir that we were in in high school where we met and kind of had our formative years together was split up into four sections. There were tenors, lead, baritone, and bass. And I was rereading Harry Potter at the time for some reason. I think I was rereading it to a younger cousin. And I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, this, the, the baritones feel like Gryffindor. Like, and, and like the Slytherins are like a kind of bass. And then you have like the Hufflepuff tenors and then Ravenclaw lead. So Joe was very much a gotcha. Ravenclaw lead at intelligent as hell. And it was, yeah. So sorry. That's a, I hadn't thought about that comparison since high school. And it just came flooding yeah, back. I was like, not to put myself into Gryffindor, but like, that's what it felt like at the time. That's all right. That's, I think that's a nice, uh, that's a nice comparison. So I wonder but, uh, what my life had been like if I had been in any other one of those sections. Oh, probably very much the same. And I didn't get to have the Tommy Sklut as a baritone idol, which, by the way... Well, maybe uh, you I... would have like looked longingly over at me from the tenor <laughs> section or the lead section. I don't know. Valid. Valid. You know, yeah. Um, All right. That, that, that's a whole other uh, multiverse that, that spawned at that point in 2006. I agree. Um, <laughs> but I think that that's a rather like like small minuscule like change right like you know if you took like another change and you were like i'm never doing the place here at u of d oh crazy and then went I'd, be a, I'd be a whole different because human. i i did the i did my freshman play at u of d mm -hmm. and i was like honestly this is fucking chaotic and ridiculous and like there's i how, think that's how, why how i thrive no, there like order because you're to totally this. right it, it was well, it was a show that came together five seconds before air every time and it was fine because everyone was used to that but that was what that show was like because i did it for all four years and i totally agree and i'm sitting here as even a 14 year old having experienced my mother who is a choir director and yeah. like would put on a musical every year and like she is you know she cracks the whip and she mm -hmm. gets this shit done and it's awesome and it always seems like 
pretty darn well prepared. Yeah. You know, and I get into this situation, I'm like, what the f- is going on? <laughs> okay. So then the high next year, theater. I'm like, I, I'm going to try Mercy High School. That was the all girls school. Yeah. Uh, in Farmington Hills, that like my my sister would end up going there. My dad would end up working there at some yeah. point. I, you know, like I said, I dated the same girl that went to Mercy, you know, for like four and a half years. In um, the so Metro Detroit there, area, like, well, maybe... there, there are other private schools. And, and like yeah. Mercy, Ladywood, University of Detroit Jesuit are names you'll hear. But yeah, Mercy was one of the the all women's schools. Correct. Mercy yeah. High School. My, my so sister I went, went to Ladywood. And so yeah. Like I yeah. was like, uh, maybe I can get a lead here. And they're like, you get the B lead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. There's, like, there's oh, lots no. of girls around and it's close to home. I, bud. It's a it's a little it's a little more organized, not by much, you know. Man, so. I, I have to yeah, feel feel free to Dean's French onion dip this to pre post show conversation, but like I have to imagine it was like being a little mini celebrity, being a boy going to an all girls school for the musicals and plays. Not, I mean, not necessarily. No, oh, maybe it's just that. It's after, it's after school. Like the only people that see you come in or out are the people doing the plays, and they know you're not that cool, anyways. So, like, you know, everybody's just happy to have you there. But they're like, we need men, we need boys, whatever. (laughs) So, I think of it like that. So after after high school, I went to Michigan State, started doing music education. Um. Studied music ed for like a year and a half and like right before. Okay. So Christmas break, uh, another UD guy says, Hey, there's a dueling piano bar, like three miles away. And I've been doing this dueling piano thing for a while. His name was drew DeFour, D E F O U R. And he was like class of 2001. His brother yeah. was class of 2005. JD. Who? Yeah. John David, who's I... in LA doing awesome. Well, wait, wait, wait. He okay. We'll get back to JD in a second. Yeah. Drew says you should go check out this piano bar because I'm doing this and I think you have the skills to do this too. So I went and checked it out on Christmas Absolutely break, my freshman year. And then by by that spring, it took like three or four months, but I started training and then I was good enough to where they like put me on stage and was paying me money and I was getting a split of the tips and you know that's so that started amazing. a whole dueling pianos journey for me. And did you go straight into, no, did you go straight into against another person like dueling pianos where you like cut your teeth as a young gun? Yeah. You like, you have to sit there and you have to like try to hang in with these older guys that have all these tricks and like a better way to play it than you do. And you got to figure this shit out as you go. You know, it's not dueling. Like you're not fighting one another. No, 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 no. Dueling is dueling the audience hey my side sing this one your side sing that one then we go your side my side my side your side you know everybody say hey and the audience uh, does it so you, you were it's like making them sing sweet caroline ba, ba, ba. You know? yeah I... that's the dueling <laughs> part of it or it's the money for the songs or it's you know a bunch of different stuff i hope so many it's of a, people's it's minds a blast of entertainment blown. I hope so many people's minds were just blown <laughs> thinking that pianos were fighting each other. Like being like, I'm a good at this song. I'm better at this song. Like I love that so much more. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to ruin it for you. No, are you kidding? You just blew people's minds. One. This is, a... 
Well, it's the least I can do. You're listening to a noodling with Josh and I... everyone who's listening to this is used to elevated conversation. <laughs> I'm just trying to hang in there, brother. Is that what you've gotten out of the 37 episodes you've listened to so far? Quote unquote. Oh, yes. Elevated, elevated conversation. conversation. Wow. I'm on my way. Mark Maron, I'm coming for you, bud. I do want to know, um, because I think I saw the one with McConaughey's picture on the top, yeah. and I think yeah. I skipped past that to the next one where you're talking about your wedding. Yeah. Did what do, do you get Matthew McConaughey on, or is that just a tease? Oh, it's a tease. You, it's it's actually a pretty good go. story. It's a it's right, it's good, good stories story about, about him. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. there there I'll are no shortages of stories about interactions with celebs out here. Living in LA, it is very fun. So just like you like to talk about that a little more nowadays. It's it's <laughs> it's because like I was in line, uh, I went to MedMen and like I was behind um Michael Madsen from like Reservoir Dogs, who's cutting the ears off of people. And I'm just like, ha ha mm. <laughs> that's your hello, sir. <laughs> like, so there's there's a lot of fun. I went to actually, I might have already told this story. But I, I thought I played it so cool. I'm in a bookstore. There's a walking down an aisle and I go towards the cash register and Danny DeVito's just checking out. Like that's literally all. It was just Danny DeVito standing there checking out, buying a book. And I like stop in my tracks. My friend's coming down the hall. <laughs> my friend who's lived in LA his whole life, born, raised here. I rolled that I'm having like a freak out tourist moment that Danny DeVito's there. And I'm like waving, waving and pointing and pointing, thinking I'm, you know, cutting it cool and i then walk a little bit forward and notice there's a massive mirror that's just pointing down the row of books i've been standing in and he like looks at it looks walks past me and just like smooth and just kept going and i was just like awesome sweet <laughs> that's i didn't even get a photo but that's better so yeah Dude, it would be great if you had the photo of the of the mirror in the ceiling and then Getting Danny DeVito like chastising. Like oh God damn! I give me well, that. I guess you'll have to get <laughs> used to seeing famous people. It's know? it's just fun. It's fun because you know it's it's an industry. Like I always knew I wanted to be in LA. I knew that I was going to one day end up here. I wanted to be an agent, manager, like I'm doing now, or I wanted to be a like a entertainment lawyer. So I was going to end up one way or the other. And um, now I'm just like I want to act. Look, now that I'm here, it's been so long and i'm so glad that we're getting to talk about musicals and plays because like it's been almost since then since i've been on stage like that like i feel like i just gotta jump in and try it again you should you should for sure try to find something and you know get into some little community theater just get yeah your feet wet you know okay. don't pay to play you know what i mean <laughs> yeah there's so many opportunities to like just go and do something fun, yeah you know? Yeah, dude. Um, but the other thing I was going to say is that you're acting like and you don't necessarily like that, you know. Wait, hold on. Sorry, your your internet you cut out there. Will you, will you run back there a little bit? Yeah. Okay, ready? The other thing yeah. I was going to say is that you're acting, you are like acting like 90% of your life, whether you're like talking to a client or yeah. a prospective client or Oh, yeah. agents or whatever you're doing, you know, whether you're even when you were working for, you know, X company or yeah. exploding company or whatever, <laughs> right. You're 100% you acting and like, yeah, you have a great persona, you know, you can as soon as I straight. get on here, like 
as soon as I get on a microphone, like it automatically goes from like, you know, dad, Tommy to stage Tommy yeah, or like in front of a crowd, Tommy, you know, or like even when I, when I go to school tomorrow, I teach at this Montessori school and I'm an admin there. And I, I just, when I go to school, I know like when those kids start showing up in car line, I'm going to go boop. Yeah, right in on the what spot, up, dude. Good to see you, bud. How are you? I love that hat. Oh, let's go. Okay, go see Serena up there. She's gonna take you to class. You know. Yeah. And it just goes up that level, and there I, you are. It you know? feels what I got to do it the most was when I was working with a group of web comic artists, and we did the, like the convention circuit, mm. and you'd be behind a table talking to fans while the artist is drawing something custom for them. So I felt like the moment they like would turn the lights on, you'd be like, huh? and like your cheeks would raise, and I would like continue smiling until like the moment they you know it's like we're closed, and yeah, you're just and like, you, <laughs> and you probably got to hold that customer while your comic boy is like 100 drawing their we, stuff, out, <laughs> stuff out like to make sure they have a good experience we're having like 90 so percent of the from? interaction is i'm behind whoever they're the like the cartoonist was talking for them while they're drawing something custom and it was just like i know you want to talk to them but talk to me they're busy <laughs> it was oh, wow i so i absolutely know that turning into another character okay so U of D to MSU for music education to the dueling piano world. What's yeah, that like? Is it a small world? Is it a big world? Is it well connected? I finish up at Michigan State. I yep. drop the education thing. I just get a generic music ed degree. Uh, or no, I just get a generic music degree. No ed. Um, concentration in like voice. And I had to choose like two other cognates. So I chose French and philosophy. Uh, and just got Bam. out of there the yeah. whole time working at the dueling piano bar, um, just being young and stupid and <laughs> having too much fun. And um, that so this is like 2005 through yeah. 2009. I'm at Michigan State. Okay. At this dueling piano bar in yep. Lansing, about three miles away, called Rum Runners. Rum. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is that a, is is it a chain, or is it? it I mean, chain is sort of a loose term nowadays. It used to be a chain with like yeah. five different bars, six different bars all over the country. Okay. Now they've got a couple, you know, and the one in Lansing is no more. They may just have the one in, in uh, Destin, Florida still. But no, those people, those people brought me up and like, you know, the people in Lansing, I have a lot of like love for those people that showed me how to do this thing. I love that. Um, and it, it brought me in, in 2010, got a phone call on my birthday uh saying hey hey um yeah dave p gave me your number uh you want to come open up a dueling piano bar with us in miami i said Uh sure and uh it's it's my birthday and he he calls me at like eight nine at night um and then i think i hang up the phone i put it down and i look at whoever's next to me and i'm like i'm going to miami Miami." (laughs) i grab the phone and it's it had not hung up it had not hung up. <laughs> and so or Oren, my my soon to be boss, was on the other line, you know, just like laughing. And I was like, uh so, sorry, sorry about that. Talk, talk to you soon. It's I'm sorry. Up, right? Uh that's amazing. <laughs> so we we laugh about that every time we see each other, you know. That's okay. So how long did you spend how long were you in Miami? Uh a year. Like okay. A, yeah. Eleven months. Cinco de Mayo of uh like oh nine to 
2010 and then in, or Jeez. like whatever is before May, April of 2010 and then I'm I I popped into Destin and played for five weeks at the Rum Runners up there and then I drove back to Chicago and moved in with my now wife Kristen uh and I, I worked oh. in Chicago for five years we had two kids building pianos and solo piano all around Chicago and made lifelong friends so okay so now here is where um the multiverse comes in yeah right? okay so this is you your this? this is one of your breakoffs i'm ready this is a, this is a multiverse thing right I, you know it's funny uh, chicago is a good spot for it because i i had my own there but please continue so Kristen gets pregnant with our first kid mm -hmm. and i'm like i gotta quit smoking okay so I, take, I take the dog for a walk and i don't have my usual you know yeah um and i I pass by this group of people sitting in like an apartment courtyard. I can hear music playing. I pop in. I'm like, Hey, can I bum a square from somebody? Somebody bums me a square. I know Kristen's gone to bed for the night. I go put the dog back up. I said, you know, Hey, I'll bring back a couple beers and I'd love to hang with you guys. If you know, you'll have me. They're like, yeah, sure. Okay. So I bring back a couple beers, meet the guy playing guitar, say, Hey, like, you know, what are you into? What are you up to? Turns out to be like, you know, this guy, John Weston, who we we form a band together. What? We, form, we form a music school together in teaching private lessons. What? He's one of my best man, like my best friends. I was in his wedding. He was in mine. Um, <laughs> That's like, amazing. So, if you just so John, okay, well, John all right, just please. Start, he starts he starts hanging out with me and my dueling piano friends. Yeah. He he moves in with a dueling piano friend of mine, Dave P, who got me the job in Miami, who's also another one of my best friends. So two of my best friends are living together, Dave P mm -hmm. and John in Chicago. We're all hanging out, we're all coming to each other's gigs and stuff. And John ends up meeting a dueling piano player friend of mine named Cassandra. And then Cassandra and John end up getting married. You know, so it's like one of those things. If I didn't walk the dog and go bum a cigarette off that yeah. guy, do I end up meeting John? Then do John and Cassandra end up getting married? Because right. John isn't hanging out with dueling piano players necessarily. When did you start smoking? If that moment hadn't happened, that other moment hadn't happened either. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you can go further it, back. It would have. No, it would have. It's so <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Unfortunately. Don't don't smoke kids. It's a really bad habit. And luckily I'm just on I'm just doing cigars now. Yeah, no, cigars are for fun. Therefore, you I mean, unless you genuinely want everything in your life to smell like a cigar, you can't do them regularly. So that's what makes me enjoy them more. And I've turned it into like a ceremony of sorts. Like I love the cutting because I've been a huge I've smoked cigars since 18. Uh especially, you know growing up in a two-parent household a, when dad's like yeah you can have a cigar there once you once you get into cigars like every couple of days or once a week and yeah you get to like experience this tobacco in a different way like yeah more frequent it, well if you get good cigars then who cares you don't know any bad cigars, <laughs> right then you're having a good experience every time yeah um but yeah like i've really found out over the past couple of years like i love smoking cigars and there are certain types of tobacco that I really enjoy and certain companies that I really enjoy yeah. and that I want to support. And like, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but then there's a lot of really great stuff. Yes. 100% agree. When I was working with those web comic artists, they were headquartered in Northville and there's a cigar club that's across the street from this place called pizza cutters. 
and it's a wonderful cigar. Like it's basically on, just a main, normal like bar. Main, main Street, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Just like down the hill a little bit. Yeah. I would go, so I would just walk there with my computer and finish off my like two, three o'clock and finish off my day like Thursday or Friday with a cigar and watching whatever game was on. And like that was peak. This is how I want to work. Like That's I want to be able to take my work to places. I want to be able to enjoy stuff while I'm doing stuff and just what? make it a part of my life. Whenever I get to like take an afternoon and like go to the cigar bar to try and work i get way more done it's crazy right isn't it weird I get way more done I don't know. it's i i, I you know you, you laugh every time you walk into a starbucks and everyone peeks up uh, is like oh are you somebody okay. famous but like <laughs> the cigar bar is kind of the same thing in a weird way because i'm just like oh someone's got to have a cool story are they here for a cigar are they gonna like are they a local oh man oh that's where like people want to go to the cigar bar and they want to talk like yeah I mean, introverts, I'm sure, go to cigar bars just to smoke a cigar and leave me alone. Yeah. You know, but most of the time, it's like, guys, that I'll have a cigar, I'll chat with you for a little bit, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I should have, I kicked myself in like, I took a seventh month sabbatical vacation. I was living in Las Vegas and I just like basically lived in my pool. And a, a part of that was Sundays, I would wake up at 10 a.m. and go down the street to this cigar lounge where it was the first person in that day got to pick what was on the big screen TV. So I was like genuinely down the street, like walking distance that I could be there in two minutes and would like, be there at 9 59 and i wouldn't have cigar till like noon or not but i'd still everyone would be chilling talking i'd be having my breakfast and like writing or whatever and just watching the lions at 10 a.m vegas and that was like I, a huge chunk of my time that's perfect oh i should have brought my microphone and just set it up to listen to shit i can't tell you how many old mobsters just embellished of course every story they ever told well, me they don't but watch like... recording that shit but like you should get to know them and be like hey would you ever want to maybe come on and you know disguise your voice and tell me some stories or something right. i did an episode with my friend veronica who's a host at the green door and we went to the green door later and i was just like i have to go this is incredible and it's this notorious like basically adults only club where uh for better or worse you know it's a text club and like the first thing was like oh manager director can can i interview you can i like i have so many questions on what it takes to run a place like this safely because it's like known for that and um we did we started recording and then he had to go just break something up and he came back and he goes maybe we don't do this and i was like all right well i guess some combos i'll just have in my safe forever well <laughs> they'll just sit there oh, but man. yeah Dude, Any there's news. gonna there's gonna be hold on I'm I'm getting interrupted shit oh oh, oh your phone going my out? wife it's my wife can she hear slash smell you in the shed from there um no I don't think so. <laughs> even though Is... I do have I you know like um fans that you would put yeah. in a make your own computer <laughs> or like a server or something like that <laughs> you like, like pointed like out little, your like, windows four by four inch fans yeah. yeah yeah i've got some you know they're not windows they're actually like the guy who owned this house before us had a had an in-ground pool oh wow, okay in the shed he yeah he put like a receiver and some speakers okay so he like cut he cut in some little vented things and that's where i put my fans in my shed oh that's perfect pull air in and suck air out yeah <laughs> 
But no, you're not, let me, you're let me not address... hot boxing yourself in a barn. No, we should, but we just got it interrupted. So you know what that means. Oh, I, I'm ready. Me, me and Clooney following by some water this time because I think I had, I had like dirty Sprite water and that didn't work for me. All right. What's your favorite All as right, we well, take this one? Um, what's your favorite cheers. toast? What's your favorite toast? Dude, I used to know so many toasts. I know you silly ones. Um, as as the captain of the the ship of a dueling piano bar, I have to imagine. Yeah, you had to have like you were a yeah. quit machine. Well, like yeah, there there were there were great ones. Like here's to well, really raunchy ones too. Uh, give it. We know? we already have that explicit rating. You're good. Okay, cool. Uh, here's to honor mm-hmm. to. Getting honors, staying mm-hmm. honor, and if mm-hmm. you can't come in or you come honor. Beautiful. That it's, is it's a horrible <laughs> sense, but... cheers. That worked great like 25 years. <laughs> It'll probably I... work well some places south of the Mason Dixon, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I've really seen a shift in audiences change and become more um uh PC. Yeah. And that shift happened also with the rise of like cameras, camera phones, sure. videos, right? Because you could go out and you could just do crazy shit and no one's going to capture it on their cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. They just genuinely you know couldn't. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. So I think that that has really brought around like an era of like, you can't say some of this shit that we used to get away with saying in the early 2000s, which is fine. Evolved, you know, I think yeah. you should figure out a way to be funny without having to use um, in innuendo or in our case, like blatant, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, I think uh, there's two. It's ver- verbiage. And it forces you to, to learn how to read a room real well. Wow. Oh, yes. I'm two. I'm two pulls a Clooney in. And that was incredibly hard to say. Read a room real well. <laughs> real real well read a room real well uh i go. feel like yeah of course you have to evolve that kind of who's in the audience what am i going to say how's it like i can't it tell is. you how many times because i love watching stand-up i love going to stand-up and you there are times where you see someone try to read an audience absolutely fail and then they just like either murder themselves or the audience and in the ground to the sets over and it's just like well that's one way to do it but like I feel like when you're doing doing pianos, you can't like angry yell at your audience until they until your set's over. Like you are the audience for that night. So you have to really read the room. Is that well, something you like had to learn least, earlier? Yeah, you have to learn I mean, you have to learn to read the room. You have to learn to see what joke landed and what joke yeah. didn't. And then Can we talk about your biggest bomb? Them? Oh, dude, there's no like I don't keep those things in. I love that memory okay. in memory bank necessarily. Yeah, like, I know. Like, oh, there's there's times I've made poor choices. Sure. Um. One, like I think, one poor choice was saying like I was done for the night. This yeah. Was in in my early career, I was done for the night and watching the two guys on stage finish out the night, and one of them has a request for something, and I'm and they're like, I don't know this one, and I'm like. 
I know that song. Yeah. But then I've been at the bar smashing shots or whatever. Oh. And I go back up there and start the song. And then the next thing I know, they're picking me up off the floor because I f- somehow fell backwards <laughs> off the stage. You know, I remember coming to. Yeah. And then how did how did you how did I get here? Oh, well, you came up to play a song for me and you started blacked and out somehow <laughs> fell backwards and blacked out. You know, there's, there's low points like that. And you just got to tell yourself, like, dude, you can't let yourself. Get like, low point wow. That was <laughs> I can't be known as that person every day or I'm not going to get here. I'm not going to be here very or long at, or ever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's not fair to you. It's not fair to the audience, first off. Sure. Yeah. It's not fair to you. So, like, yeah. once you understand that, like, it's it's about the audience and not about you getting fucked up on stage, right? Yeah. Life life gets a little easier. You know, is there? Go ahead. No, does dueling pianos bring a certain type of musician that is like bound to? Is that is this, is that coming from like an industry wide or just kind of from what you've seen? Not necessarily, but okay. that culture of like. You can get a buzz on while you're at work if you do it right and if the bar sure. allows it. Some yeah. some piano bars are like, no, 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 you will not drink, you will not do anything, you will do the show and you know and you those are players are the ones while you're who, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Those are the ones who go around the corner to the other bar and grab, you know, a double shot on their break and slam <laughs> it and they're like, All right, now I got a little buzz, I go back, yeah, yada yada yada. You know, and there, there's, there's those who don't also, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with like nowadays I have to drive. If I'm going to take a gig and I got to go to downtown Detroit and I have a 25 minute drive back, I'm going to have like two, three drinks max. Uh, yeah. Over that the whole like time. Five hours. Yeah. You know, so I sober up and I drink water and I'm not yeah. having drunk, you know, like they're just, when I was working in like, you know, three miles from my house, or I was like taking an Uber or a bus in Chicago. Yeah. You know, overindulgence is very, very easy. Um, well, and- especially when you're getting that awesome attention from the audience and you've been kind of riding the crowds, like energy and mood. And, and the crowd yeah. seeing you drink makes sure. them want to drink. And of what course. am I there to do? I'm there to sell drinks. Sell drinks. I'm there to keep asses in seats. <laughs> drinking right? pianos, a, a drinking flash dueling pianos. When it comes down to it, it's a hospitality industry. Yeah. It's a service industry. It's yep. an entertainment industry. But ultimately, it's a drinking, selling beverages industry. I love know? that. I, 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 my long kind of random career through marketing has always led me back to in different times of like just the world state as it is. People like doing events. People like being having experiences over having money, over having discounts. Yeah. It it kind of ebbs and flows. And of course, when we have two years of the pandemic in which we cannot be with people, did <laughs> I'm like setting up for a layup. Did business come back recently? No, but like I, I, I see people in the short term as people are able to have more experiences. This is absolutely going to be an industry you know that's like, huh. I, no, I tell hope, me. hope so. Huh. I hope so. But I don't know because what happened when the pandemic hit, I went from being the entertainment director in a dueling piano bar that was yeah. three miles from my house and running that place. Like that's kind of like, that's the place that's the highest you're going to get. Yeah. Being an entertainment director at a piano bar, you're scheduling the shit. You're put making sure all the shit works 
you're coming in early to make sure everything's in place. You're yeah. doing the extra stuff and you're getting a little extra compensation for it. Mm -hmm. And then you're performing full time on the weekends. Yeah. Um, making sure everybody gets paid, all that stuff. Yeah, but you you're know? doing so many things in that role. Like you just outlined, like your events manager, you're literally setting right. stage. So yeah, yeah. So that, but that's like the pinnacle for dueling piano players, mm -hmm. unless you're going to like own a dueling own piano. Own your own, okay, yeah. Um, so the pandemic hits, no more bar. Yeah. Uh, I start live streaming and I do an hour a night for like two months straight, seven days a week. What were you and using said, on Twitch or YouTube, Instagram? Uh, I restream and I ran it to YouTube, to three channels on YouTube and another three channels on Facebook. Oh, sweet. Okay. Right? So like my personal, yep. um, my music education company, which is Middle C Music Education or Middle C Music Ed. Um, and then my entertainment company, which is Tommy Sklep Music LLC or Middle C Entertainment. Um, so I, I live streamed to those for like two months straight and then i i paired it back to like five six nights a week yeah and to four or three nights a week and then a couple nights a week and you know after about three four months it it kind of stopped but yeah. that was how we got through the beginning of the pandemic because i would open a vet i i had the venmo stuff up i had you know people knew how to like sort of tip me for songs sure and yeah i did i did it as a sort of like fundraiser to help me like give a little extra money to my instructors who weren't as fortunate as I, as, as I was yeah. uh, like instructors that were teaching me for me, um, you know, that I'm used to paying like several hundred bucks a week to, yeah. you know, so now I took, okay, I made 500 bucks in Venmo tonight on my show. I'm going to take 250 of that and I'm going to split it up against my other five instructors. It's not much, but it's something you know, and they're getting hit like once a day with like 50, 75 bucks. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of how I kept my company together. Yeah. Ish, ish. You know, we went from a hundred kids to 40 kids taking Damn. private instruction. And I went from Damn. three, four nights in the bar to every night for an hour, you know, but that takes a toll on like the family life and the, you know, it's a different groove of the day because now dad's got to get ready for a 7 p.m. live stream. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta eat, 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 eat. Okay, everybody's got to be quiet now. It's seven o'clock. You know, I have to go. I perform from from my home. Do you? Uh, I mean, it's definitely something that is always going to be entertainment as we go to like you know Web three point and we're half the time online, half the time in real life. Like, do you? Are you excited about stuff like the metaverse and in, in a future in which you can perform in front of or teach? in front of anybody because a benefit to, you know, zoom education is now you can have a client anywhere. Like, have you been able to lean into that at all? Yes. And no, It'll, yeah. I'll have to, the metaverse will have to evolve till we see something where it feels like I'm right next to the kid. Yeah. You know, because if I'm in the middle of my piano right here and I'm the kid taking the lesson, yeah. you know, like you want to be able to look down and see. Like, yeah. I'm like right here next to this kid next to me. And like, still uh, some of my students, we wear masks yeah. and we just work, you know, because that's, we want to be careful because I'm yeah, so good. close to that kid. And I'm like, sometimes I've got my hand around his shoulder. I'm like, you're doing a great job, you know, good. Or, or I have to just like reach in and like, like move this right there. here. Yeah. Yeah. Four yeah. Year olds, five year olds. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, so, that yeah. You need that closeness. And I really think that, um, 
no, I don't want to say no amount of like virtual, well, no amount of like in per, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, as we're thinking about it on September 5th, 2022, there's nothing that really touches teaching in person versus teaching in Zoom. Correct. When you need to show a kinetic skill like an instrument. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got some more advanced students that are thriving over on Zoom and we haven't stopped. It's easier for me. It's easier for them. And I don't see any learning loss because they're diligent kids and they're smart kids. And the parents are also smart parents that are like, you're going to practice every night. Yeah. Yes. You're going to. My mom, I, oh man, I was a butthole about practicing specifically the piano and it's one of my biggest regrets i i love playing the saxophone that was fun and my mom was very specific like hey this is your 30 minutes go it's loud (laughs) but the piano she pushed me really hard to learn and i i just i think it's because she wanted me to that i said no like if i'd come to it maybe but it's that's one of the things that i absolutely will want to get back into and no offense to your ma i mean like there's there's better ways to you know catch flies basically you catch more flies yeah. honey or you just you just let them know that it's there you know like i i said to my middle kid i was like hey it'd be nice if you practice a little more and i noticed within the last two days she's actually gone over there on her own volition opened up a piece that she wanted to play and played it you know and fucked around a little bit yeah you know, and I like I'm working on this like long term plan and yeah. I'm trying to compensate for how I, I feel like I was raised pretty well in terms of like go practice piano. And, you know, my mom knew that I was going to go and do a little bit here and I was going to go over there and then come mm-hmm. back and do a little bit here and then yeah. go, over, you know. Um, and so I kind of take that approach with my own kids and I'm not being forceful and yeah. I don't. Like I see some of the characteristics that I had when I was their age and I have to sort of apologize for them because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't chill the hell out until I was like 21, 22. And I was so go, 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 go. Can I do this? Can I do that? Yeah. It's like, slow down, dude. Listen, chill, like take a oh, breath so and like read the room a little bit. more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I read the room like this, and I'm going to go. Yeah. Like, mm, okay. Could have done that better. Yeah. There, there, There is a moment that, like, you have to be able to harness that hyperactivity because in order to perform, you, you need to be bigger, crazier, louder than your audience because that's why they're there. They're performing. But you also need to harness, like, the stoicism of someone who can read a room and remember everything they've learned. And like mashing those two together is been like a forever struggle for, for me. Is that something that you've ever had to deal with? Or I feel like you just described like at 21, like what was, what was that switch that flipped? Oh, it was, it was uh, needing to like, or it was an understanding of, of, of space, of musical space. Mm-hmm. Right. So I play, I play sweet Caroline say, as soon as i said say you knew to react oh yeah you know like and there's it's like pavlovian i didn't even want to and just did yeah oh that's amazing 
it's the call and response thing. It's the understanding yeah. how that, how that space works or, or just, I mean, that's the easiest example of it. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's, it's giving a command to an audience and me understanding that I can give a command to the audience and, yeah. and receive that feedback at the correct time. Okay. You did that. Great. Now do it again, but make them do it louder, you know? <laughs> And then I say, do it again, this time louder. Boom, 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 you know. And I love that. <laughs> I also see you like sitting there and like evaluating the tables of how however many drinks people have. Like, okay, ignore this table. They only have one drink down. But this, this group of four women have, you know, six wine glasses each. They're going to be more fun to talk to. Yeah. Or it's noticing that the $20 request came up from dude in the corner that wants to be sort of left alone, but he's sending up a $20 request. So he wants his song to be played. Yeah. And I want to be like, dude in the corner. Thanks for that song. And then if I think he can take it, that's a shitty song, but I'm going to play it anyways, <laughs> you know, or if I, you know, whatever, like that can be good for the show. Yeah. You know, or, or you just, or you just say thanks. If it's early, you say, thanks for the $20 request. I'm going to play that right away. Because twenty dollar requests are important to me, and I appreciate <laughs> that about him. And I, you should give him a hand. You right. should remember yeah, that for the rest of the night. <laughs> that's, that's and where's right. your money? That's yeah, funny. Well, because that's what it's about for me. When it's a dueling piano show, and like you're in the bar, yeah, it's like I'm here to make money and for the bar to sell drinks. Yeah, you know, let me that's be like, a good entertainer. I want to do that in a nice way and in a way yeah. you're going to have a blast. But when it comes down to it, like, and this is really evident in like the, the last like years of my dueling piano bar tenure before the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, You know, it was really training the audience. So like, you're going to have a good time and you're going to have an even better time. If you request the songs and yeah. tell us what to play. Because, you know, of course you're going to like your requests more. Yeah, no, I totally get that. That's okay. So that doing bar, are you still working at a doing piano bar at all? Or do you still have any of that part of your, your day at all? No, I, I parted ways with the last piano bar. We couldn't come to terms on money and time. What's next. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was ready to make that, make that transition out of the, like, I'm working every Thursday, Friday, Saturday and scheduling and doing all this stuff. Um, I, I like to take gigs that are interesting to me. Yeah. I, I, I'm fortunate enough to be, I've put myself into a position where I can be helpful to at this Montessori and I'm part of their administrative team and I'm on the salary, awesome. you know, so that like takes the pressure off from me having to work every weekend. Yeah. I, I teach some private lessons on the side and then I take gigs that are interesting to me. Um, what was the last gig that you got to take that you could talk about? Yeah, of course. No, I talk about all my gigs, like, really. Um, I played drums with uh, a good buddy of mine, Evan, uh, at this bar in Metro Detroit, or in this bar in Midtown Detroit called Woodbridge Pub. And we're starting to do Friday nights and Saturday nights there. Like Evan's booking the performers. He's playing there a lot. It's usually a piano player and a drummer. Um, and so it's like an all-request show. It's like doing yeah. pianos, but like, Evan's the main guy and I'm playing drums with him and I'm sometimes like chatting in on the mic or I'm singing harmonies mm -hmm. or Evan's like, Hey, I don't know this song. Do you know it? And because I play piano too, yeah. I hop up on piano. Like, yeah. Oh, oh cool. You know? 
Oh, that's um, awesome. That's fun. So that is, yeah, for me, that's fun because I'm, I'm not the leader yeah. I get to play second for a while. I get to play drums, which I love playing drums and I'm pretty proficient at drums. Like I'm not a horrible drummer. I'm like, a no, yeah, drummer. I've heard the drum here. Yeah. Uh, and then like, if he, if he needs some help, it's like, oh, the drummer's coming to play piano. That's crazy. I love that. So I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. And then like, I've, I've got like a, okay. Um, a birthday party for dave's 60th birthday in west bloomfield you know we're gonna have it in our backyard come play piano for a couple hours okay um, price is right let's do it sounds yeah, like fun i would love that one of my favorite things is i get to go do a string of shows in the up every year oh, shit. Shout out, okay shout out to all my friends in the up all those youpers thanks for holding it down keeping it, it uh keeping that piece away from canada and minnesota at the same time yeah and it's all part of michigan but I love going up there and doing shows and we do uh, either bar shows or fundraisers. And I've made like some super great friends up there. Oh, that's the last, awesome. Like, five, five years just going up and uh, doing shows like basically through like the big radio station up there. Like, Oh, it's, they have, they have up electricity there, up there now. Oh yeah, got... yeah. Electricity internet. It's great. What? Most of the roads are paved. Most Jeez. Of the roads are paved. Good for them. You You finally got it done. And they get, they get most of the same whiskey we get down here. But they really like uh, Molson for some reason. They just won't give it up. I don't know, man. There's these <laughs> these Uper beers that they've been drinking nowadays that are brewed up there that are pretty pretty freaking good. Or the, the, yeah, that might be my like late nineties, early two thousand knowledge of Michigan before I dip for Vegas. Yeah, that's it was Rolling Rock and Molson. That was big in Michigan. That's at least that's what the posters in my grandpa's barn said you know no. they get they give oberon like around the country now right yes right oh that that I, i'm like proud of bells for that like being in kalamazoo and like so close to that the brewery that we would close down school the day that they would release oberon every year for oberon day like to see it it for a long time i'd have friends ship it to me because they didn't distribute past the mississippi so I would just get boxes full. Well, I don't know. If, I just won't say who sent it to me, but boxes of oranges and beer. And just, <laughs> if you want to send it to me, please feel free at your own volition. I won't stop you. DM me for my address. Awesome. <laughs> They'll get in trouble, right? Right. So now I just do. I just do gigs that sound interesting. I love right? that. Uh, I think the next. I've got a gig at Woodbridge, that Woodbridge pub in Detroit. It's in Midtown on Trumbull. It's a tiny little bar on the corner of, you know, like this neighborhood street. And like we go in there and we just play requests for people and we we bullshit with them. And it, it's it's a fun it's worth it's worth it. Like I'm not okay, I'm not gonna pay the mortgage by playing this bar every, <laughs> every Friday night, sure, you know, but I'm going to have a good time. But you're going to have a good time and, and it's worth it enough. Yeah. yeah. The worst part is that it just F's up my sleep schedule. Cause like, I'm trying to get to, <sighs> I'm trying to get to bed early now and I, <laughs> I can't help it. I want to stay up late. Like I almost 20 years of like dueling piano bar conditioning and being in yep. the bar scene, you know, I'm just, my, I, my I day ends at 2 a.m. My normal day ends at 2 a.m. And I'm just like, this, I need to shift something <laughs> to get back yeah. to the, the normal world. No here. wonder I got a butt dial from you at 5 a.m. Hey, I was excited 
for this interview. I <laughs> we have recently spoken, and I I swear to God, I accidentally hit it. I hit it so fast that I, I was like, that didn't he didn't get that. And then that was the first thing I got in the morning. The first text I read was like, Hey, I saw your butt down. It was like, oh, shit. and then I wait, <laughs> I, I waited a long ass time to text you even like, cause you're three hours ahead. You're yeah. just like, what did you want to know at 5am? <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I didn't text you until like two, three o'clock my time or three, four o'clock, you know, my time. That's so funny. Oh I didn't, that's I, hilarious. No, yeah, so no, it was because that's three, two a.m. my time. So that's just me going to bed, and I was I going it. through my phone when like, oh, oh shit, <laughs> no. Well, I'll what butt dial you anytime, bud. <laughs> All right, what what was the song you were thinking about earlier? Well, okay, so the, this is just, I just want to put this out there because I, I don't. This is one of my absolute favorite songs, and I, I guess I can't tell exactly what I love about it. I think it's just the First, movement the and the swing. So it's Dela by Johnny Cleek. I'll share my audio. And uh, when I think of just like, if I'd ever want like a, like, uh, yeah, here we go. I'm going to play it real quick. It's like how it's like light and bouncy and like One day I looked up and there you were like a simple question looking for an answer. Now I am a will listening to some inner call. Okay, I really think I can only play 30 seconds of this before I have an issue, but I have yeah. to get to the refrain because it's... Ju- I'm just going to turn it down for a second. I'm going to skip ahead. Was it Daylight by who? D-E-L-A. Dela. D-E-L-A. And then it's Johnny C-L-E-G-G. And this is the refrain. Okay, so then it goes into a whole nother moment where it's like. All right, all right, cut that out, cut that out. Okay, all right, done. That's cut that it. Out. <laughs> all right, hold on. Hold Sorry, on, Johnny. On. Sorry, Johnny. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> No, that's not it. That's not good. Uh, I... I sing Something like that, right? Yeah, that was. I mean, for just hearing it moments ago, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was exactly it. I there's something about that song that gets me going every time, and it it is. I think that's what it was that I was thinking of when I got noodling with Josh theme song when you had sent that over it has that same like airy and even it even has the drum like bum bum like in the middle of it and i'm just like oh god i wasn't ready like anyways i i am so excited it's that you not, got to come it, on like, the show it, it elevates it's in a nice yeah dude it's a, this has been a blast i i can't think of a better way to spend uh my evening i it's been fun we've been time Having some having some drinks, talking. I got this piano right here. That's oh so look, good. we just got interrupted okay, one give, last time. Give me a, give me another one. <laughs> Who interrupted? 
The that piano. Is... No, I was kidding. The the piano oh, is an that's... extension of you. It's not an interaction. Okay. I just needed one more. All right, one more. Before, yeah. Mm-hmm. To you, my friend. Thanks, Clint. Oh, Tommy. Well, give me your absolute favorite song that's not requested. That's just not requested enough. Oh, man. What's the one um, song that, like, as soon as someone puts it on, you're just like, yes, I never get to play this. Oh. That's a toughie. There's so many great ones. And, of um, course, you wouldn't know that. Sure. <laughs> Well, that's the that's the that's the beautiful part of like I don't have to do the thinking, you know. Yeah. What I, mean? I want the audience to do the thinking for me, and I just play what, you know, because I, deep down I don't think that I have it in me to program something that would be like interesting and meaningful to an entire audience to go and see. So that that's why the request is so pivotal. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it has to come from the audience, the moments, that, and that, that's what seals it to make live entertainment that much better. Yeah, and then you, you see these like this plethora of requests across the, the, the piano, and you're like, oh, he just played that song. Okay, I think this next one that I've got some money for will be a good follow-up. Yeah. You know? So now, okay, let's switch back to... take i have to take issue um not issue i do have to shout out hansen because they are a fantastic band actually and you kind of brushed by homegirl in your last episode um when she's going to disneyland to see hansen these guys have such a big career after umbop that have like this like niche group of people still following them that are basically the same women uh that now have families yeah yeah but these guys are good. They are writing legitimately good songs. I went and saw them like three weeks ago with my wife oh my God, in Royal Oak, and they were fan fucking tastic. You know who blew my mind? That I guess I didn't expect it until I realized how physically impressive their music is. Blues Travelers. Oh yeah, I saw them live. I walked into a room and they were playing, and I was just like. How- how is what? John Popper still like 300 pounds because he's just moving around and he's constantly down him? He is harmonica playing is fantastic. I love it. he has a vest that has multiple harmonicas and different keys, and yeah. it's just like it gets the light as he's performing. And I'm just like, this is this is a show. Escape the memory or a phone call of what you said, or a game show contestant in a fighting line that could not be. Anyways, no, no blue show right. is fantastic. Okay, all right. I I, I might have. <laughs> I'm what gonna screen got? share so you can see what's happening, but I'm gonna audio share so everyone else can hear it. I get to uh, I, I stream every Wednesday and Friday with bunch of other guys bunch of other hot dads oh, i should that's say that's mark mark from sugar yeah ray. from sugar ray he uh i <laughs> the actual story uh is that i bought a cameo from him and nice. he overperformed writing us a theme song to our stream show and we play it often 
Wednesdays and Fridays. So I'm going to play it real quick. I'm just going to so like, maybe there's some got, piano. This is the Mark McGrath version of your, of your, of your Twitch theme song. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. So Fantastic. he genuinely sent a five minute video talking to me and two of my friends about this hot dad radio and just had his guitar in his lap. So and I'll play it. Listen to it. We'll play it can again. You, and maybe you can, can add you, some piano. Maybe. Can you fast forward to the, where oh yeah, no, no, no. Guitar. This is just a song. This right, is just sick. the yeah. Hot Dad Radio. That sounds like a uh, a band name. Not a bad name either, especially as you're getting up in age. Hot Dad Radio. I think I got a song for that. Hot Dad Radio. Hot Dad Radio all along. <laughs> Hot Dad Radio. Oh yeah. Hot Dad Radio all night long. Free to steal that if you'd like to. It's uh, A D G. Uh, <laughs> so he's just like, it's A D G. And then he just went on to keep talking about Christmas and us playing video games. So it's just like, what? How do we That's get the perfect sick. theme song out of this? So, do you want to you wanna put a little piece? On I love Hot Dad Radio. Hot Dad Radio. On I love. It gets he, me every fucking time. He's actually tuned down a half step. <laughs> so so like a, a, a flat D D flat G flat A flat. <laughs> Okay, anyways, anyways, that's, that's he, he, the he just picked Mark that up McGrath. and went with it. Mark yeah. McGrath, everybody. That's excellent. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? I'm just I he blew my mind. You if you want to buy a cameo songs for free. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was a cameo. I had to pay for that. That was just okay, magically true, true. embedded in it. But did but... you buy it for yourself or what? <laughs> no, I bought it from uh my two co-hosts of Hot Dead Radio. Wow. And he just yeah, gave us that magic. That's fascinating. You need to you need to post that. Oh, that's yeah. I I should post that more often. I if if you want to follow at Hot Dead Radio, that's where you can follow me. Uh, where can everybody follow you, Tommy? You blew through all your socials, but let's say those at, out loud, and I'll put them in. I, I'm not gonna write them down. At Tommy S K L U T on Facebook and Instagram, Tommy yeah. Sklut. Uh my my music education is Middle C Music Ed on Instagram and Facebook and my entertainment company is middle C entertainment middle C because middle middle C is like the first note that you oh. get learn you get taught yeah. in like piano. So this is middle C C D E F G. That's the key of C, <laughs> you know, middle C, maybe so middle C music education and middle C entertainment. I one of my co-hosts is has his own band. He's incredible, and uh, Derek is uh, the other co-host. Hot Dad is incredibly musically inclined, and his you know discography of what he knows goes crazy. We should have you should come on the Hot Dad stream as action actual father, uh, and we should do music together like in real time somehow. I have so you're I have. Like among other things that's um, a, melodica. That's a melodica nice yeah. yeah so i have among other random instruments a melodica i have a fish i have some other stuff over here 
Get some drums, so you have, guitar. You have hot dad radio, and none of you are dads. Well, I mean, I I'm a fur father. Uh, okay, Derek yeah. also has two dogs. Ryan is, you know, his brother has kids, so dad adjacent. Okay, all right. I'm not. Paul I'm, has Paul has kids. There we go. Sometimes good. Most. Good. And then Matt's about to have a baby, so he's he's technically the closest. But if you were dads, you would all be hot still. So Thank I get you. it. Yeah. I appreciate no, that. I, I, yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, hot dad radio, arguably attractive, not really dads and online. It works. I'm totally about the dad bod and you can't see me jiggling my, yes. <laughs> my dad's stomach here, which, you know, anyways. No, hey, this is the nice frame of Zoom. This is what everyone gets to see, and that's and it. And this is the beauty of a podcast, because right? I, have a, I have a radio body. I have a face for radio. That's right. I have a body <laughs> for radio. Josh, and a, a hair I've, for podcasts. I never thought you would actually ask me on. I did <laughs> I, I did do this as a sneaky way to get onto your podcast, which has taken now five four years, years to, five years yeah i mean it was at a the plan. end of every show i say if you want to be on tell me or i'll ask you i i mean you are one that. person who i'm just like i wanted to ask for 38 episodes but i've been like he's too busy he's got to be too busy and then someone else is just there so i i i'm not even kidding you i think i finally shredded the, the post-it note i've had on my wall for what feels like many many moons but i was are like you, are you yay a post-it note with my name on it on the yeah. wall yeah and i was well, gonna cross just, it, it, it off with lipstick but i put well, it on it, my shredder instead it moved from the kill pile to the <laughs> have on the podcast pile to the you know. those are pretty close by the way those sometimes both of those sometimes they're on both sides <laughs> are you is this yeah, all coming through? Are you getting all these beeps in your head? God damn it. Yeah. Is that, oh, is that, is that's that a mistake. <laughs> no, that's a no, absolute. No, they're, not, they're not mistakes. They're not mistakes. They're You're happy little accidents. Job. They're happy little accidents. He said, as he already had his Casamigos uncorked. Well, I think this is the perfect place to, will you give us one more toast to, to close it out that everyone should probably never tell. Oh, no, love in front of their family. I, you want to give us a good I, one. I want to. I want to wish you well, and I want to wish all of your listeners well, and I want to thank you for having me on. Are you kidding? Because it is a it is a unique pleasure for me to do this. I am and so anything, excited to have you on for more do, episodes. <laughs> now that we've broken to, the seal. To support you, I am happy to do so. Uh, we've we've had a bond since high school. Yeah. In, in a weird and unique way uh either through choir and theater but i've always known you to be one of these like really genuine great guys that honestly i wish we had more more time in high school to to become better friends but i think we're, we're fulfilling that right now right so I will, oh i will cheers i love that. that cheers to that cheers to that There's, it's never it's never too late to to make a new a new old friend yeah i agree brother <laughs> it's probably a better way to say that but that's a perfect way to go Oh God, George! One of these days, you owe me. Can I hit the outro? Oh fuck yeah! Ready? Two, three. Josh is looking around. 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 Josh is 
everybody, thank you so much for tuning into another episode Josh, this has been Tommy Sweat. As always, and sometimes consequently, I've been Josh. Thank you. Take us home, Tommy Boy. It's like my own very personal Ben Folds, everybody. This is incredible. Unabashedly best episode I've ever recorded. And now I'm ending the stream.